everything about each one of us and God loves us still I always say God loves us with full disclosure and I love the fact that God loves me with full disclosure because what that means is God is under any illusions about who I am see God loves you and he's not under any illusions about who you are he sees you completely and totally all the strengths all the weaknesses all the passions all the issues all the history all the pain he sees all of it and he loves you still Jesus loves me, this I know. Yeah, you've probably heard this before many, many times. And maybe you've heard it so much that these words have lost their weightiness. Well, today, Pastor Daniel encourages you to stop for a minute and think about what this means, that Jesus, the creator and sustainer of the universe, loves you. He knows everything about you and is still moved toward you, desiring a relationship. How amazing is that? Well, let's join Pastor Daniel in 2 Peter chapter 3 as he begins a brand new study called The Truth for Life. Every time we come to an end of a series, my heart gets nostalgic. I'm always shocked kind of as the journey we've taken, the things that we've learned together, the way that God has done work in each one of our lives. We've called this series Truth and Lies because for all of us, we're dealing with true things and false things. We want to sift through all the noise to find what's real. And we know that Jesus is real, but how do we find Jesus in the midst of all the noise, all the lies, partial truths, all these different things in our lives. And so I'm going to close this series today in Second Peter with a message that I'm calling the truth about life. And, you know, we have a saying here at Crossroads that if we're not having fun, then we're doing it wrong. And so we're going to have some fun today. We're going to have some participatory time as a church family. For each point, I have a movement that you're going to have to do, because I want you to remember it. I realize I could teach you all this stuff, but you might forget it. But I got all these hand motions and all these different things that we're going to do together. But I call this the truth about life, because what we're going to see as Peter draws this letter to a close, what we're going to see is that there are truths for life that all of us need. There are realities that if we're not careful, given all the things that go on in life, we could lose the most core elements of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So to close out 2 Peter, open up your Bibles, 2 Peter chapter 3, 2 Peter 3, we're going to take verses 14 to 18, the closing of our Truth and Lies series. So this section begins, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 14 begins this way. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless and consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. 
as also in all of his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. And all of God's people said, amen. Now, I want you to notice in verse 14, and then also in verse 17, it says, therefore, beloved. And then it says, you, therefore, beloved. Now, as of course you guys know, if you've been here at Crossroads at all, one of my favorite words in the Bible is the word therefore, right? When you see the word therefore, what do you say? What's it there for? It's a concluding word. And that's only true for the Bible. You read any book where it says therefore, it's always a conclusion. Now, what we just saw was in the previous verses was that God's was long-suffering. The reason Jesus hasn't returned yet, although people were mocking and making sport of people who believed that Jesus was going to return, but he hadn't been back yet, he said, look, God is being patient, not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. That's what we learn. So really what it means is that Jesus has not returned, not in Peter's day, not in our day, because God is doing a work and God wants to see people who are outside of Jesus come to know him. Now, if you're here today and you are outside of Christ. You're like, hey, I'm not a Christian. First, let me say, I'm super excited that you're here. You're welcome to be here with us. We like to say here at Crossroads that we want to create an environment where people can belong before they become. Nobody checked your theology before you walked. No one said, what do you believe? You come in, you can't come in. No, we just let everyone come in as they are because we know that God is doing a work in everyone's life. There's not one person that God doesn't want to do a work in their life. So if you have yet to put your faith and trust in Jesus, first, Thank you for being here. And you are welcome to be here as much as you want to be here without any constraints at all. But maybe the reason that you're here is because God loves you so much that God has delayed the return of Jesus so that you can find yourself in God's kingdom. See, because it says, because of therefore, and then there's this word beloved. Now, I think this is important that in Christ, you and I are loved. God loves you. Now, I know it sounds trite almost, but that is the most astounding reality in the world because God knows everything about each one of us and God loves us still. I always say God loves us with full disclosure and I love the fact that God loves me with full disclosure because what that means is God is under any illusions about who I am. See, God loves you and he's not under any illusions about who you are. He sees you completely and totally all the strengths, all the weaknesses, all the passions, all the issues, all the history, all the pain. He sees all of it. And he loves you still. And that's powerful. Because I know there's, anytime I say, I always meet someone like, well, God can't love me. You don't know what I've done. Listen, you're right. I don't know what you've done. But God does love you. God loves you so much. He sent Jesus on a rescue mission just for you. And in a world full of pain, in a world full of issues, the fact that the all-knowing, Wise God loves us is not like a small thing. God's love is so real. It says that he's made us acceptable in the beloved. I like to say it this way. God doesn't love us because we are infinitely lovable, no matter what your grandma says. But God loves us because he is loving at the core of who he is. God loves me despite me. 
but I'm so grateful for it. So I don't want to just miss the beloveds in there. Because to me, that's what makes who Jesus is so important. Because God is interested in us experiencing his love. But it says in verse 14, Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, speaking of the return of Jesus, be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless, and consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation. So you ready for your first principle and your first hand motion? Here it is. You and I need to peace out. Peace. Peace out. Yeah. Let's get your hippie smiles on. Peace out. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're like, I remember that face, you know? So every time I say peace out, I want you to give me the hand signal. See, I don't want anyone to get hurt at church. But I want you to remember this. Now, what I love about what's being said here is he's saying, look, Jesus is coming back. But until he comes back, you and I need to be diligent to be found in him in peace. Now, this is important because the good news, you want to know about life? The good news is that although you and I were enemies of God because of our rebellion, Jesus coming put us at peace with God. See, it's quite simple. If somebody says all sorts of evil stuff against you and acts totally incongruent with who you are, are they your friend? If somebody who spits in your face, are they your friend? No. But the way that you and I have lived outside of Jesus, that's the way we acted towards God. We acted in the most offensive way possible. But Jesus came that we might be made at peace with God. That's the good news. So first we're at peace with God. And because we're at peace with God because of the finished work of Jesus, then we have the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. See, because of the finished work of Jesus, now all of a sudden all of our striving ceases. All the things that we're trying to work our way into, that stuff stops because we realize that because of Jesus we're accepted. For many of us, you live our whole lives trying to prove who we are. That we belong, that we deserve, that we're worthy. But in Christ, because Jesus is enough, he accepts us just as we are. See, God offers us not only a restored relationship with God through Jesus, but the ability to move through this world in peace. And because we have the peace of God, now we have the ability to be peacemakers in this world. Listen to Colossians chapter 3. Verses 15 to 17. And let the peace of God rule your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Isn't that beautiful? Let the peace of God rule your hearts. But could we get real for a second here? You could love the Lord. You could be born again. And you could walk through this life with no peace, right? There's a million things that rob us of our peace. All sorts of issues. All sorts of things that are happening that if we're not careful, even though we peace with God and we have the peace of God, we are not peaceful at all. We are walking through life. We're kind of like, you know, the duck. You guys ever see the ducks? The ducks look so graceful on the water, right? But then you see their little feet and they're like this. Am I the only one who feels like a duck inside sometimes? Well, I mean, I know I'm not all great, so I'm all herky-jerky and stuff. But like, I'm just moving through. I was like, oh, you look so calm. And inside, I'm like, am I the only person like that? 
That's right. So we say, peace out. That's right. See, God wants not just this idea of peace, not the idea of shalom, but he wants it to be worked out, integrated into our lives. But how many of us found ourselves not being a peacemaker, escalating a situation? Something goes on with someone. You don't like the way they respond to you. And before you know it, you're like, you know, pulling out daggers. You're like nunchucking them in your heart, you know? But God wants us to be peacemakers in the world because Jesus has made peace with us through the cross. Are you walking out this peace everywhere you go? See, the beauty of the finished work of Jesus is that what God wants to do in each one of our lives is make, because we're at peace, now we become a vehicle for his peace to enter into the world. And I think too many of us put the peacemaking part of the being a child of God and you kind of stick it in your back pocket because it's not expedient. It's not something that you're like, oh yeah, I want to be. And I think we've become so comfortable being agitators that we miss the essential function of who we are. See, I love what he's saying here. He's saying, be diligent to be found in him in peace. Which means there's a keeping that we have to do. There's a work that you and I have to do in responding to the Lord to keep us in the right spot. Of course, it says this peace, it means without spot and being blameless. This peace isn't like some sort of like inner tranquility that we find. This peace comes from what it means to be forgiven. I love that picture of without spot and blameless. How many of you are messy eaters? Almost all the guys are like, yeah. I figure if a meal is good, I want to keep some of it for later. You know? And so I'm one of those guys. I'm just a messy eater. It's like, I used to try and do like the man bibs, like where you just put like, you know, stuff a bunch of like paper towels. But what I realized is even I put a paper towel on, I still get like, you know, food everywhere, you know? And the idea is that as you go through your life, things catch on to you. Mistakes that we make. Other people's makes. Hey, you ever have, well, you have a conversation with someone, you walk away and something kind of latched on you, you kind of feel a little bit like, like yellow stung by that. We walk through life and we live in a messy world. And so all of a sudden we find ourselves being spotted up. Or it's like, I'm, I love my son, he's 12, and all of his dude friends, a lot of them are similar, where it's like they eat, but they use their shirt as their napkin. You know, it's like there's, there's like 19 napkins, but they're like wiping their stuff on their face. And I'm like, where does he get that from? And I catch me doing it. I'm like, oh, man, you know? It's like, but then, you know, when you go to do the laundry, you got to spot shot that thing. You got to bleach it. I mean, you got to do all. And in a lot of ways, we get spotted from life. But in Christ, all the impurities get washed away. All the things that we would be able to receive blame for, all the stuff we get wrong, or without spot and blameless, in Christ. Not because naturally we're unspotted or naturally we're blameless. This is the gift of salvation that comes in Christ. That's where this peace comes from. And I love this verse 15. And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. I love that line. It's what we talked about already, that God is patient in his sending of Jesus to finish, consummate the complete work. Why? Because he's not willing that any should perish. That's right here as a church of sin. We are un ashamed and unabashed every day that we wake up 
when Jesus isn't back, we know that we're gonna serve our community, we're gonna serve our world in the name of Jesus, we're gonna use whatever means necessary to get the gospel out, whether we use social media, whether we use the television, whether we use the radio, whether we go out and we invite people, whether we put billboards up, we're gonna do all that stuff, why? Because the, God's patience is our salvation. When the fullness of the Gentiles, when the last person who's supposed to enter into God's kingdom comes, then Jesus is gonna come back. And so instead of staring at, you know, and some people do this, they stare at the newspapers and they're trying to figure out like the end times. Every day I wake up and if Jesus isn't back yet, I'm like, I got work to do. Every day I wake up. I mean, I'm not knocking being aware of the world, but you know, I always think of the disciples in Acts chapter one, when Jesus ascended into heaven, they were staring up at the sky and the angel's like, Hey, men of Galilee, why are you looking up? at Jesus going to come back the same way. Go and do your job. You know, and we want to be careful because it's so easy. I'm not knocking the studying the Bible. We study so that we can be mobilized. But for some of us, we're so busy staring at the newspaper. We're not rolling up our sleeves and serving the world in its places of pain in the name of Jesus. In a lot of areas of the body of Christ, we become immobilized rather than mobilized, knowing that God's patience is salvation. So the first thing, truth for life, is that you and I need to peace out. All right, so we're going to peace out. Pick it up in the middle of verse 15. It says, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, of which some things hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. Now, I'll be honest with you. When I first read these verses as a very young believer, I got really excited when I read it because in it, what it says is Peter now references the apostle Paul. Now, you realize that Peter and Paul had a long history. We find that in Galatians chapter two, Paul actually rebuked Peter because Peter was being hypocritical with the church in Galatia. But now he brings, Peter brings Paul up. He says, what I'm talking about, Paul also talked about according to the wisdom given to him, and he's written to you, and in all of his letters, he writes these things. But notice what it says here, which really got me encouraged. In which some things hard to understand. How many of you ever read Paul's letters and be like, man, I don't know if I understand this stuff. Just five of us, praise God. You know, but I'm with you five. I remember when I started reading Paul, I'm like, this is some deep stuff. Sometimes I'm like, I have no clue what he's talking about. And other times I'm like, does he mean this? Does he mean this? Does this thing mean this? You know, you have all these questions. And so I read this verse. I'm like, oh, good. The spirit of God is telling us that Paul is not easy to understand. Praise God. You know, I felt like courage. I'm like, I'm not the only one. But we still, you know, we love studying Paul's letters here. But what's the principle? Because he brings up the fact that not only is he teaching this, but Paul is teaching this. But remember, what Peter is talking to this church about we call it the series Truth and Lies for a reason because just as today they're in the early church, the apostles would go around and they'd preach the gospel and then there'd be these false teachers who would come on in. And these false teachers would come on in and they would seek to subvert the gospel. They would say, no, no, no. Peter and Paul don't have it right. This is how it works. And notice what it says. Which untaught, is middle of verse 16, and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of scriptures. Okay, you guys ready for the next principle? The next one is this. Don't get twisted. Do the twisted. Come on, baby. Let's do the... Sorry. Anyway, 
Those of you who know 50s rock, there you go. So the idea of getting twisted, isn't it fun? The reason I wanted to camp on this is because you know what happens for many of us? Life gets us twisted. See, in context, what he's saying is that people who had the word of God solid, it was straight down the line. Now all of a sudden these false teachers come on in and now all of a sudden they get all people all twisted up. And I believe this has happened. There's some of you right now who are hearing these words. This is happening to you where you came to know Jesus and you were on fire. You were so excited. You couldn't wait to read the Bible. But then all of a sudden you get hip to some teaching. And before you know it, you're hypercritical of everybody. Oh, you're not real Christians. Can't believe you worship on that day. Or I can't believe you worship with that style. And God is only really glorified if we speak to him like we're Shakespeare. You know? And what goes on is that all of a sudden, the pure, simple teaching of God's goodness and grace in Jesus gets twisted up in some pet side doctrine. And it happens all the time. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because all of a sudden, you used to love Jesus, but now all of a sudden, you're hypercritical of everybody. You're like, oh, well, you didn't know what I know because I heard this guy who's a Greek scholar. You know? Now, and don't get me wrong, the New Testament was written in Greek. And so, but listen, people all the time use the scholars to undermine the Bible all the time. We have to be fact checkers in this day and age. Just because somebody says it doesn't mean it's really true, even if it's on the internet. You know? But what happens is, is that it's so easy to get twisted theologically. But not only is it easy within the church to get twisted, where all of a sudden, you were once so joyful and so excited about the things of God, but now all of a sudden you're hearing this stuff and now all of a sudden you're on edge. And instead of having a heart of neighborliness and brotherly kindness, now all of a sudden you're really nervous about everybody. Oh, well, we have to check his, make sure he's on so-and-so's website as the approved reading list. You know? And that happens all the time. But another type of twisted that happens to you and I is we just get twisted by life. And I, I believe I'm like every person. You know, it's like I love Jesus and I, I feel honored that I get to to be a pastor here at Crossroads and to walk with you all through life. But every single day, it's like all these things go on. You know, you got health issues and money issues and you got relationship problems and, you know, extended family stuff. And this thing goes on. And before you know it, and you don't like who got elected or you really like who got elected, but they're not living up to what they said they were going to or whatever the thing is. And before you know, it, you're all twisted up. You know what I'm talking about? And what happens is when you get all twisted, then all of a sudden, you're not walking in peace anymore, are you? Because you're all twisted up. Maybe it happens with a relationship. Or, or maybe it's the pursuit of a promotion. Or, or and things that aren't necessarily bad. But we allow Jesus to be displaced from the centerpiece of our lives. And before you know it, you're all bound up. You guys know what I'm talking about? Am I the only one who has this experience? So really what we have here is don't allow life to get you twisted. It's exhausting to try to fit in all the time to work so hard for approval. Well, as Pastor Daniel shared today, one of the core truths of this life is that through Jesus, God has made a way for you to be right with Him. You don't need to work for His approval or love. And even more than that, the peace that you have with God trickles down to the other relationships in your life. But that peace and rest has to be guarded. Pastor Daniel cautioned you to be aware of what's going on in your life, 
that's causing you to take your focus off of Jesus. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I realize that there are many of you, you're not a born again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400. And my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will talk about how too often diverging from God's ways starts with a few small, soft decisions. It's those little choices that build like a snowball rolling down the hill until you end up in a place you never intended. You'll share that knowing what God's word says is a key part of standing strong in the Lord. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Truth and Lies. Until then, may God bless.